story. Welcome back to another episode of Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar. Today I have a returning guest whose name is Gabriel. So today we're doing Twilight Zone, the 2019 version of Twilight Zone, helmed by Jordan Peele. How do you feel about Jordan Peele being the in the actual show? Uh, I mean, I like didn't... almost like a character narrator kind of. I didn't mind it because that's how the original is structured. Yeah. Yeah. He he narrates. I know he narrates, but is he like? F- does he physically show yeah, up he shows in up the in, story? Like, no, no, no. I know he shows up in like a room, right? He doesn't show up like next to, like in the same room I think as the character. He shows up in the settings, yeah. Okay. I think he shows up in the settings. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I didn't know that. I've, I, I'm gonna admit my bias. I haven't seen all of the originals or the movies or the the new series or whatever. But I mean, the the general premise of the show is weird shit happens. It's like Black Mirror before black mirror or whatever mm-hmm. it was created by rod sterling who's very prolific science fiction guy and the new version was developed by simon kinberg jordan peele and marco ramirez what did you think of the first episode like general first impressions general first impressions i honestly don't feel like it reeled me in as quickly as the original mm-hmm. i think it took a while for me to kind of be invested into the story it wasn't until i think Obviously, Tracy Morgan's character showed up where, I guess, things kind of got a little more interesting for me. When but that was, like, right away. That was, like, in the first two minutes. Yeah, but, like, minutes. in the opening scene, it's just kind of like, uh, like, okay, like, the title's the comedian, like, what? Do you think the... it's because you don't care about comedy, or? I think so. I just, okay. I just don't like humor. No, no, no. Like, you just don't like, like, stand-up comedy, I mean. <laughs> no, I don't think that's why. Honestly, I don't know. I just wasn't like feeling the vibe of the episode right off. Mm. That. Okay. So I get that. You've seen the old show or some of it at least? Yeah, some I've seen some of the episodes. How did you feel how does this compare generally to the new to the old one? Mm. Did you watch the the redone version? So there was the OG one, which is like I think seventies mm-hmm. or something like that. Sixties. Sixties. And then they redid it in the 80s 90s around there something and then they did a movie did you watch any of that shit so yeah so i've jumped around but i started with the first season i think like a year ago and then i've been jumping around from episode to episode because i would like try to watch the top 10 best from the shows but how it compared to the old or the original um it still has i guess a social message so it's pretty similar to the messages from the original show, mm-hmm. but just it's more modernized. So yeah. I think like the concept and like what the Twilight Zone was made for is still there. It's it's kind of weird that like I think that this show because of the success of Black Mirror, yeah, it's kind of like prime time or like it makes the most sense that they bring it back now. Oh, and um, the guy who directed San Junipero directed the first episode of Twilight Zone. Oh, did he? Yeah, guy from Dofus and Parks. That guy. Or was it Adam McKay? Who was it? Oh, San Junipero. I yeah, thought it from was Black the, Mirror. The, no. the like one. No, the no, no, no. one with Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard. No, no, no. no. That was like a... The that guy was from, the first episode. That was the people that from season. The Office who directed, who, yeah. who were involved and with And then that. the second episode was San Junipero, which was, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. gotcha, one of their gotcha, best. Gotcha. Okay. I actually think that episode was a little overrated. Really? I liked it. 
but then everyone was like, this is the best shit ever. And I was just like, ah. Do you hate it's lesbians? Cool. I think so. It's just they're just the worst, you know? <laughs> That's just um, so angry. <laughs> I really liked the first episode actually. I I well I'm big into comedy and I mm-hmm. like Kumail for the most part. Uh-huh. He became too like I don't want to say I don't want to say virtual signaling because I think that's like a very coded statement. But he became one of those dudes online, like comedians who just became way too political on Twitter. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's it, sometimes it just comes off as kind of corny. But that plays into the episode. Yeah, which is I mean he's playing against type I think yeah. in, in this show. I mean yes and no because he's he's a comedian. He's everything he's done or a lot of the things he's done has been about like being a comedian like the big sick which is one of his biggest yeah. things was about comedy but i really like i thought he he was a strong performer in this like the the one of the last scenes where he like just goes crazy mm-hmm. i thought he, he was like really he did a really good job and then um i don't know I, I, it just hit for me i liked tracy morgan's character tracy morgan was great who was like a stand-in for dave Chappelle, like uh-huh. dave Chappelle's career i don't know just a lot of things that Maybe because I'm a big fan of comedy, that made me appreciate it a little more. Mm-hmm. But it it was hidden for me. I thought it was a lot of fun. Maybe I didn't watch it when like the hype was out, so I I just watched it now. But I thought it was really well executed for the most part. I mean, there's there's a little things that were spotty. Some of the writing started to fall apart a little bit for me. But generally, I enjoyed it. It was really cool experience. It, it I think it hits. And I don't know if this is intentional because Jordan Peele's attached to it, but it hits that like horror comedy thing that he kind of developed where like it's funny, but it's also like haunting. The The recap of the first episode is there's this guy named Samir who's kind of had a tough career as a, as a comic. And then this like mystical figure comedian comes and offers him advice on how to succeed. And then he starts doing well. But the only thing is the catch is he has to talk about his life. But when he talks about his life, they cease, they cease to exist, and he starts to see, like, the negative effects that of that. starts off with the dog he owns with his girlfriend. Yeah. But but generally, I, I thought it was pretty well executed. I thought that, it. I mean, it, it's kind of, the thing that reminds me the most is, like, Death Note. Because that's exactly uh-huh. what it does. Except there's no, like, time travel, kind of, like, time erasing element. Mm-hmm. It's more just, like, you just kill people straight up. Yeah, which is interesting because, like, it goes into the corruption of morality and it plays with that idea pretty well because it's like, do you want to be successful or do you just want to fill out your life goal? But if you if you want to be successful, like, there's a price to pay. It's like the monkey's paw, right? Yeah, or, or like, you know, any person who signs a, a deal with the devil. Yeah. yeah, like that classic story. And that's what Tracy Morgan is. He's the devil in this episode. And But if you notice... <laughs> It was a different situation from like, you know, you sac- you give me this directly and you get you get this. Yeah. It was more like, I will give you like the power to do it yourself and you will decide. So I think that made it a little like it was kind of a a remix to an old kind of tale. Like because but- he becomes it's his choices, his yeah. autonomy that causes these but things. And he knows. Like you kind of know he's going to do it like no matter well, the I think cost. that's that's the stakes yeah. of the like that's the plot is the fact that he knows better mm-hmm. yet he still does it and then he kind of plays like throughout the episode like this Dexter archetype where he's just like well I'm gonna go after like the people who've bullied me or like well, the see, people who I don't I don't like. know I don't think Dexter is the right so well, I just watched off. I just watched uh 
I started watching you. Uh huh. Oh. And <laughs> it's not bad. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say like I hated it. Just I recall you talking shit about it. Like, not the I, I, okay, so shows like that, shows when they reach a height like that, like uh, Stranger Things, it's mostly Netflix. Or shows like 13 Reasons Why. 13, like, they, they perfect just, example. It turns exactly. me off when like, people are like... When people are that yeah. into it, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'll wait until the hype dies down and then I'll get into it. Are you a hipster? So, so anyway, no, no, no. So the reason why I bring it up is because he is one of those characters who is like... I mean, they're almost like very similar, except he's not a stalker, obviously. Yeah. But he's one of those dudes who, like, thinks of himself as, like, completely better than the world. Mm -hmm. And, like, he only tells comedy that has, like, a truth to it. Because he thinks he's an artist. And not to say that comedy isn't an art. I do think that comedy is one of, like, the purest art forms. But the way that he goes about it is so, like, pretentious and, like, I'm an artist and what I do is different from what you do. In the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that kind of sets up this kind of character that we've seen before, like not the character type of like a comedian doing this but an awful person or like a terrible person who Mm -hmm. does things and we kind of root for him in the beginning but as it goes off the rails we start to see that he's kind of an asshole but do you think it also lends to the idea of like rejecting politicized humor because i feel like well i think okay so this is what i yeah i think that it's kind of immediately when it first opens up he's he does like the the second amendment bit where yeah, he's just like you know, they and say. No one's laughing. Yeah, no one's laughing. It's like one chuckle in the room, and that's well, it. I think that I, I mean I don't know I don't know if the writers are doing that intentionally, yeah, or how much he had input because usually when there's stand up, the comedian, you know, kind of spitballs and just shit like that. Mm-hmm. But definitely, yeah, I think that there is a lot of comedians who are in the camp of like political stuff just isn't funny, and the more you try to make politics funny, people just don't want to be involved. But yeah. At the same time, there are people who are very successful at political stuff. Bill Maher is one of them. Mm-hmm. Even the right wingers who like have created a career out of I just mean, being Veep political. I mean, Veep does it well. Even though I mean, Veep's not like a show about. But that's like a comedy. fantasy. Yeah. Poli- like that's not that's not about politics directly. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I think there's a way to do it. But do you think Dave Chappelle, like, if you were to ask people about Dave Chappelle and like his political views and like how he incorporates it into his comedy routines. Do you think that's the right way or the wrong way to go about it? Well, what are you asking about his politics? Like what he thinks about like how he votes or you're talking about like the politics of what he said. Are you talking the about like the trans of what he stuff? He said, yes. Cuz I think as as like that. a like a, a civic agent or like someone who is involved <clears throat> in politics or someone who is just a citizen, I think he's very involved and he yeah. knows the issues, but at the same time, I think what he said was a joke mm-hmm. and the way he said it might have hit the ears wrong because i think the people who were going to see that were not there for comedy mm-hmm. they were there to in part or to look at how their politics measure up to what this comedian yeah. says and i think if you go to a com- to a comedy show like that you are not going there to laugh you're going there to judge mm-hmm. and i think that comedy that has boundaries like that kind of limits the art form okay and not to say that there aren't implications to what something someone says that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that what someone says can be funny but there are still implications of it doesn't mean it's not funny i think guess one prime example is like people use sarah silverman 
Yeah. Because, I mean, she makes a ton of jokes. Well, she pivoted a lot. On gay people, but that's the thing. Like, she's very for, like, gay rights, and she, like, puts in money and, like, I guess just does this, things for the This community. podcast has taken a complete <laughs> turn. We can, we can finish talking about yeah. it, and we'll try to condense it as much as we can, but... I think what you're asking me is, do I think that do you think it- people with influence in general should be politically minded based on what their audience wants? But also, like, do you think that's what the writers in the show are doing? Where it's like, let's just stay away from the politics. Like, it's not funny. And he goes into, like, just basic things in his life. And that's what makes people laugh. Well, like, I think, I think, yeah, I think that? they are kind of addressing that concern that... <clears throat> politics isn't always funny sometimes yeah. people just don't want politics and i mean it takes on several meanings because kumayo is one of those people mm-hmm. who brings up politics and talks about you know whatever and it's not it's there's nothing wrong with what he's doing it's just it gets a little tiring and annoying yeah and i think the, the writers are addressing that directly mm-hmm. and i think that that that's one of the things that immediately hooked me in. yeah because i was just like okay well they're saying something about comedy's role in a social political space okay but immediately they're rejecting that this is not going to be about politics this is going to be a personal story about someone who becomes vindictive when they get power because i mean because he's such a like artist Mm -hmm. and he has this newfound power of like i can literally erase someone who doesn't agree with me now you start to question the the you know the dynamics of power just because he has power who gives him the right to be judge jury and executioner yeah. or like temporal executioner because he's literally erasing them from existence and it's because he's so he's very volatile or he becomes volatile when things don't work out for him mm-hmm. and it's because he's a struggling artist it's because all these different things but i think that the show kind of or the the first episode kind of plays with that idea so we kind of jumped around all my points for the most part, but I think one of the major themes is like artistry and comedy. Tracy Morgan's character is kind of a stand-in for Dave Chappelle's career and like how he kind of left or he kind of reached his height and then he kind of left at the height of his career. And he kind of offers them this like sage advice on how to make it as a comedian. Mm-hmm. And it's you basically have to tell your own truth. But the cost is if you tell your own truth. There's no privacy either. Well, yeah, there's no privacy, yeah. but also you the, the the cost of telling the truth or getting those laughs is that person ceases to exist. Yeah. And I think that's supposed to be like an allegory for working too hard and like giving too much of yourself, things like that. Like that's that's kind of like the cheap. Which we do now with social media all the time. Yeah. But I think yeah. that that's I don't think that that's. That's like the shallow version of what the oh. show is trying to say. Because I think that's the very like direct mm-hmm. opening line. But, I mean, it's also like Kumail's character kind of has issues with being funny because he tries to over-explain everything and like be the smartest person in the room while also being funny. And while that, that works for some people, it's not like there are, there isn't always humor in that. And I think that this is also like a stand-in because Kumail is a is an alt comic. He's not like a mainstream like Kevin Hart, Dave yeah. Chappelle, you know, Joe Joe Rogan, Bill Burr. He's not one of those comics. He's Joe definitely Joe Rogan's a comic. Joe Rogan's a huge comic. Like Fear Factor, Joe Rogan. Yes. What? 
Joe Rogan's one of the most the highly, <laughs> the most highly paid comedians. In- I didn't know he was a comedian. Are you though. serious? Yeah. I mean, he's. I think that his podcast like completely changed his career. I see. But okay. yeah, he's he's one of the biggest comics. Him, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, obviously those, John Mulaney, whatever. So yeah, he's not one of those like mainstream comics. He's kind of one of the alt comics, but he's also like, there is kind of that pretentiousness that they kind of nail with the character of like what I'm doing is art and what they're doing is just like the easiest joke. Yeah. Cause he's so rigid and like just wants to stick to his craft right yeah. from the beginning and he doesn't budge. Cause he just wants but, to tell like political jokes yeah. about, you know, bearing arms. Versus... And who's the other character, the big dude who's just throwing out like stupid, like jokes about anything yeah. and like the crowd eats it up. And But see, I don't, I don't know. I think that it was painted to look like that. Yeah. But I don't think to say like one comic. See, I think that this is the issue is that comics try to separate themselves as like, we're not like those. And I mean, I get it. I think that some of those comedians in the alt scene separate themselves because it's kind of a boys club. It's kind of like, you know, very, it's like a jock kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So I get why they, they, they created their own spaces and like why they tell their own jokes, whatever. But I mean, it's all comedy. The umbrella is comedy. And it's divisional in a way that it probably shouldn't be. And that there are alt comics who have, you know, breached the mainstream. But it's it's just kind of like nerdy humor versus like dumb, easy to understand humor. And then there are the people who are the most successful, I think, blend the two. Yeah. So... The next thing is obviously like the deal with the devil theme. So what he asked him is just to like put himself out there. So he starts to like lean into like the more crude material instead of like the truth material, mm-hmm. artist material that he, he claims to be putting out there. But uh, each one of those jokes kind of like kills a person. And I think that's supposed to be like an allegory for like the sacrifice of the craft. Like, I mean, if it's a direct allegory or direct metaphor it's supposed to say like the more you talk about the people in your life the more you're sacrificing them to the audience yes because you're no longer i mean it's also just like in general when you put out a piece of work in the public it's no longer yours yeah because it's like with his girlfriend it's no longer just his relationship with his girlfriend once he starts making jokes about her or even bringing her up like now it's the public's relationship with his girlfriend and with him which i mean obviously like leads into i guess his demise like towards the end he just kind of loses her yeah because he's jealous of her professor right Mm -hmm. and well more her mentor or her mentor and once he disappears because of his jokes he sees that his girlfriend now isn't the lawyer she was supposed to be, isn't as successful as she was. Yeah. She's working, what, like at a diner, I think? Yeah, so that's when the, the like, I mean, uh, every Twilight Zone kind of has, like, that similar thing where, like, at first they're okay with the new world, and then they start to realize that it's, like, things are not right. Yeah. And that's when he starts to realize that, like, his he was being a little too careless about the way he was using his power. And... Yeah, so he erases her mentor, and then it causes her to work at a diner because, because she never, she never yeah. had that mentorship that led her to be a lawyer. A lawyer, mm-hmm. and 
I think that that was a fun way to do it because it's, I mean, what it is doing and the reason why I say it's kind of like a t- temporal killing is because it's, it's killing the person in real time and you can still see what's happening. Like, I think Looper kind of did it where like if you killed the person in the past, if you uh-huh. were in the future seeing that person, you would see them dying kind of thing. So like, for example, if you were in the past. Yes. And then I cut off your finger. And, and I'm what, in the future and I'm looking at you. I wouldn't have a finger. I see your fingers start yeah. to be cut off or whatever, Which, right? Spoiler alert, does not happen in Endgame. No, well, Endgame I think... Endgame plays with a very different, well, like, I mean, theory of time, right? I think all of these shows operate on different yeah. time travel, you know, etiquette or different time travel rules. Yeah. But this one is in kind of in the camp of, like, yeah, we killed them. And, yeah, it's not, like, super, you know, like, you have to pay attention to the the specifics of how this works but yeah. it's basically like we're only seeing things through kumau's character's yeah. perspective and that's why when like the mentor disappears the person closest to him is when we really see the effect of like someone yeah. close to someone he loved disappearing and like it leads to a whole different path at that point but i also think that the fact that they picked <clears throat> centering the entire experience through kumau's uh-huh. point of view feeds into the story like he is such a self-obsessed asshole. Like this, this guy who thinks the world of himself. He thinks like the world, the, the like the universe revolves yes. around him, and the the story and like the 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 way that it's structured, it follows that. It follows you with him and seeing his journey, and then with that you get like you're attached to the character because you want to see him succeed because he was the first one of the first characters you see, and because he was you know he he's starting to have like this rise from like. A lower state but you also start to see his decline in like morality mm-hmm. because he's no longer just you know getting rid of people just to tell jokes he, now he knows that he can get rid of them and he's getting rid of them on purpose so he oh. becomes like this vindictive person who uses his power to his advantage and in, in that way it's exactly like death note so death note is about this character named light who finds this book where if you write in the book, it kills the person who you write. So the way he develops kind of like this Dexter system where uh-huh. like he's only going to kill the bad people. But then that gets into the question of morality is like, why does he get to choose who's good or bad? Yeah. And why is it that just because these frat boys are laughing at you, do they deserve to die? Yeah. So it gets into that, and I think the show really. Like why do you, why do you get to play God? Pretty exactly. Much? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Once he starts to see like the impact of his power, that's when his arc comes together. Yeah. Like he sees that he was not truly like as great a person as he thought himself to be, and his girlfriend kind of makes him realize that like he's really selfish. Like yeah. he sacrificed their relationship for his craft. And that's all he cared about. Mm-hmm. Like, very directly, the, the show, the way that it follows his character, makes it seem like he's the only thing that matters. And it's not until she brings it to his attention that you're not the center of the fucking universe that he starts to care. And he's just yeah. like, oh. I don't remember the ending. What, what happens in the end with him? So, at the end of the show, or at the end of the episode, he kind of goes back to the comedy club and the comedy club owner mm-hmm. tells him that there's going to be someone who's going to come by and, and watch him and this other 
black girl who's like the it comedian at the time. Yeah, they're both competing for that. They're spot, both competing right? for like the SNL spot, yeah. or whatever, right? <laughs> so he basically has a set where he gets rid of these these like frat boys, kind of like invest like what are they called the the hedge um, hedge fund, fund investors or whatever hedge funders I don't know. whatever yeah so he gets rid of them and then that's where he starts to like or no he gets rid of them. And then he goes to the back to talk to the comedian, and then she's she's just like, yeah, you should have it. So he kind of just has, like, this break where he's just like, the words that his girlfriend told him kind of resonate, and they're just like, yeah, like, what I've, what I've been doing is not right. Yeah. So then he just starts to talk about, like, every single person who's ever slighted him, and he just has, like, a breakdown completely. His art completes when he realizes that he's the asshole. Mm-hmm. But it's not a complete arc in that, like... He sur- he survives, and he-, he becomes a better person. He ends up. Well, he he basically yeah he basically erases himself himself right yeah, yeah. okay because that's where he at, towards the end of the episode you see him in the portrait. But in the same way, he becomes kind of a martyr because yeah. he killed himself so everybody else could come back. Which is really Don't... selfless okay. Uh, okay. to do. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna spoil. But, um. Okay, so that's pretty much the episode, right? Yeah. I think one thing to point out, too, is, like, also the difference in representation. Because, obviously, like, the original was in the, like, 59 or early 60s. So, Mm -hmm. I guess it was just all pretty much, like, it was all white people in the show. But in this first episode... Well, I think Twilight Zone was always at the cutting edge of, like, political, moral things. Yeah, that's what they 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 had that one episode about racism... They had a really good episode about racism that was like groundbreaking for the. Was time. it the the one where the monsters are like the neighbors? I think and everyone's so. Everyone's like yeah, scared yeah. of them. Yeah. So like they they've always been at at the at, I mean not to say that they were like the most yeah you know racially aware but they had their moments. I think for this it was I mean, Samir is obviously an actor of color. Yeah. The guy who plays Samir and then his girlfriend, then the black comedian Tracy Morgan, Jordan Peele's the narrator. It's like oh, yeah, it's I very. Think- different visually too so that's pretty interesting to see play out as well in the first episode at least yeah very directly the show this is like 2019's version of it yeah like it doesn't do it in a way where it's just like this is why we chose this person it's it's more like they're just people yeah like it's not you know it's not explanatory or kind of like expository in that way it's just like oh people of color want to do these things too and they but I mean that's that's the way the world TV. is, and I think yeah. that this is a reflection of like that. It's just like these are people, yeah. And that's it. Like it's it it literally needs no more explanation than that. Yeah, and I don't think it played with um like anything cultural either, right? In this first episode, it was just very like mm. this is the main point of the episode. I mean, there was there was like kind of some racial mm-hmm. elements when uh, he was kind of you know on stage and people seemed kind of not interested in what he was saying i think that that was one of the first things i noticed where it was just like a crowd of white people but there also was some people of color i think they were also like southeast asian but i think that's about it there's not much in 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 like that directly engages with subtle even like at the end with the black comedian where she's checking out samir's then girlfriend like yeah. you know she's obviously not straight yeah so it's just like very subtle like hints of i guess representation in like the first yeah. episode 
but yeah, I really liked the first episode. Yeah. I, I thought it was a lot of there was a lot to play with, and, and I think I mean I, I always mention this, but shows that really put themselves out there with like big ideas like this, I I just in general I'm gonna enjoy. Yeah, but more than anything, I think that this is they picked the perfect time to bring this back because, I mean, not to say that Twilight Zone wasn't a big hit, but I don't know what was a bigger hit. Was Black Mirror a bigger hit than Twilight Zone back in the day? Yeah, because Twilight Zone got canceled multiple times. Yeah, like I, I, from my understanding, Twilight Zone kind of struggled. It struggled to really to get on, on its feet. Yeah, but it seems like Black Mirror, like everybody wants more Black Mirror. I think Twilight Zone's one of those shows where it's like, oh, like during its time where it was um, on TV, most people didn't really care they for ready it. Ready for it almost, or ready for it. Yeah, but looking back, it's like this was classical horror that like had a message and. It was most of the time like a political message. Do you, you know? consider it horror? Yeah, there are some episodes that are horror. Mm. So it's like it plays with the idea of politics, but not every episode has that in it. Yeah. So like I think um, uh, there's one I I don't know the title, but it's like the terror at three thousand feet or something where there's a monster, like uh, clawing into the wing of the plane. Mm. But in the second episode of the new one, Adam, the guy who Adam Scott is his name, mm-hmm. he. It's like a reinvention. Oh, it's a remake. Yeah, of that episode. And in the preview, you see two guys on the plane with like turbans. Oh, okay. It's so just, they're, they're it's, coding it for... It's politicized in this new version, but I think in the original, it's not. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's horror, but sometimes it's also politicized. But... Yeah, it has like horror elements. Yeah. Okay. It's like... So do you think that Get Out was a horror movie now or not? No, I still don't. Okay. <laughs> fucking bitch. Yes, it's a horror movie. It uh, wasn't horror in the way that I understood horror. You just wanted monsters. Before. You just wanted tur- men in turbans on planes. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah. So, what would you rate it? What would you rate the first episode? Uh, probably a f- four out of five, just because it still holds true to what Twilight Zone was, and it continues to still be that. Mm. And I think Jordan Peele and like. All the the two other men behind this project are still doing justice to what it should be. Those kinds of stories, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that I was surprised that they curse so much. Yeah, so there was a lot of fucking because cussing. it's um it's not on just CBS. You have to like have the app, so there's gonna be a lot of cursing. It's not on TV. Oh, it's streamed. It's only streamed. I didn't know that. So they have more, I guess, freedom and less censorship. Wow. Yeah, I I, I mean I. Right away, because they were cursing, I was just like, all right, I'm in. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be kind of like a network show, so they weren't going to be able to really, you know, go there. Yeah. And I, and especially in comedy, like, if you don't... Not to say that there aren't comedians who don't curse, like the homie Bill Cotton. I'm kidding. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like comedy is usually unfiltered, and to filter it like that would have been... But, quick question, going into that, do you think that's going to help or hurt the viewership for the show because it's just on a streaming service i don't know i think that i mean i don't want to be i don't want to say it because it's a little too soon but i think that jordan peele is kind of overextending himself Okay. and i think that i mean he was the biggest draw of the show mm-hmm. like he they were banking on him being the biggest thing but like the show is pretty su- substantive without him I hope that people really watch it because I, re- I really like this first episode, but I don't know. It, it could be, it could be anywhere because I think that Netflix almost has like they're kind of dominating the anthology series right now. Yeah, like people think of 
there are some people who will only have Black Mirror as their Twilight Zone. That'll only be that'll be their only, you know, idea of what an anthology series yeah. slash horror slash sci-fi. Well, it's thing not could even be. just that. Uh, I think what revived, I mean, what revived uh, anthology series for mainstream culture was actually American Horror Story. Because I don't think so. Black Mirror came after that. But I don't think I mean I know Black Mirror had been around, but it wasn't as popular as American Black Horror Mirror Story. was a critical darling. Yeah, and the only reason it stuck around is because it was a critical. Yeah, darling. and American Horror Story wasn't great, but I think American Horror Story brought that whole anthology. But that's an anthology back. series. That's not like it's oh, an I anthology get you. I get, like, season. season. Oh, that's I see, not. I see, I see. Yeah. It's not the same thing. And it's like Love, Death, and Robots too. Yeah, I, we probably should have done a double bill for this because. That was also, but it's only ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. But there's like twenty episodes. Did you did you watch all of them? Oh, the first episode. No, I need like a, I think five, about five more. Okay. Before finishing up. So yeah, so I'll go. I think uh, for me, so I really liked the first episode. I like that they played with comedy, and I also like I also like that even Jordan Peele is not directly a stand up comedy, but yeah, stand up comedian, but he's one of those like dudes who was always involved with comedy but he did sketches and sketches is usually alt comedy Mm -hmm. like usually sketch comics or improv people don't like you know stand-up comedians and comedians don't like sketch comics they just think that they're fucking stupid they think that they're it's like nerds and jocks almost like really so i think that the fact that two comedians who are kind of in that scene are playing with this idea and it, it seemed genuine in that way where like they could really speak to that that hooked me and then the fact that they were like playing with these ideas of morality and you know kind of abusing power once you get it it was great i thought i thought it was it's like an it's like an updated version of a deal with the devil Mm -hmm. and i thought it was a lot of fun to watch kumayo had a really good performance so yeah generally i i'd say 4.3 4.3 yeah around there yeah it was just really fun how long do you see it going for? Do you, do you know if it's been approved for a second season? I don't know. Maybe like four, five seasons, probably. If streaming is the season over, hurt its viewership. No, I think it's still going on, but I don't know how long each season is. Because they only have like six episodes. Yeah, but they have big names in each episode too. They do every yeah. every see every episode has been like a draw for the most part. Yeah, so. Maybe like four or five seasons if it continues to go on. Dude, that or fucking if it does well. that trailer for the rest of the season looks looks tight. Twilight. Yeah, like Stephen Yoon was in it. Oh yeah. Zazie Beats was in it. There's so many. A lot of names. Yeah, there's a lot of big names. Yeah, I hope it gets renewed. That'd be cool, but who knows? I will say it'll go for three seasons. Three seasons. And okay. I think it might struggle with viewership. Yeah. Because I don't think that this one is as, as as big a critical darling. But I just I just think that these shows kind of need to exist because they're a lot of fun. Yeah. The fact that Black Mirror kind of created this resurgence in it. I mean, I, I'm not going to exclude American Horror Story from that. I'm not even going to exclude like True Detective, like anthology things are a lot of fun. Yeah. Because they I think what they do for our culture is that they give us finality like they give us an end to things i don't like the fact that we need to constantly get 
a new version of something like things it's okay for things to end and mm-hmm. I, I think what twilight zone black mirror and those things do is like maybe it's not a direct like a neatly tied up bow but it's the end of that story and i like that i like that we're bringing that that's constantly coming back in culture so i'd say yeah three seasons three seasons but yeah that's generally it. what we started doing now is like towards the end of the episode we just kind of we do plugs but it's generally like what have we been watching kind mm-hmm. of thing it's what we used to do in the beginning but you saw but i just put it in the in the end so like if people are done with the, the episode yeah. they can just you know tune out or just turn the episode off i watched end game what'd you think way better than the long night from game of thrones season eight i just thought Endgame was a lot better than i you, thought it would be okay so <laughs> we gotta have this conversation do you want to talk about the are you one of game of thrones? are you one of those people who you liked it but then you saw the criticism and you disliked the it? long night yes no definitely not because I, you i was in the same room when we yeah. watched it and okay. it was electric dude like it was it was an experience. Like you, you can. No, we will, we it, will never be able to relive. It definitely that again. was an experience. Like I, I did say. Like I shared the excitement in the room because I was caught up in the moment. But like just thinking about it after, I was just like, wait, like why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? Why didn't this person die? Like it just like there's so much that didn't make sense to me when I started thinking about it. Where did you have that reaction during or after? After. Okay. No, 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 so, no. Even I think there were times where during, yeah, during the episode, I was just like wait without any spoilers yeah so do you land on the i didn't like it camp do you you side more with that yes definitely okay i'm one of the people who i liked it and i thought it was it was a really great episode for for everything that it was Mm -hmm. do i have issues with it yes i think that there are plenty of issues but it's one of those things where like you have to input or you have to take into account everything like all those elements like the fact that we were all so excited for that Mm -hmm. i think that it was great and i mean this i think the same thing of endgame i think that there was a lot of fan service and i think that moment in in the long night or battle for winterfell was a fan service moment and i think generally fan service is cheap but i thought that one was a lot of fun like i felt like i was part of something uh-huh. like it felt like it was a cultural moment like those two things were the biggest thing that weekend it was it was, it was, cultural. It was almost monoculture yeah. where like if you didn't participate in this you know you one. were no one or you were like <laughs> left out you just you weren't no participating name. exactly you weren't participating <laughs> in culture so i i don't know i i tried to see both sides but i think i land on i liked it okay for the most part besides end game and just keeping up with game of thrones I've been watching Veep. Veep has been so re- good. really funny this season. I'm too. behind one episode. The the latest episode's hilarious. Um, it's a little longer too. Uh, Veep and then Love, Death, and Robots. Pretty much. Okay. That's all I've been watching. But Love, was, Death, and Robots is. Yeah. I started you, cool. which I might do an episode on. I might do like yeah. a like a condensed, quick version of it. Uh huh. But it's not bad. No. It's like the dialogue isn't bad. Oh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, I'm up? behind like one episode. <sighs> the last episode, dude. Did, they take. Um, did you watch Barry? No. Oh my god. Let dude. me just tell you about what's in the shadows. Like, not to shit on on Game of Thrones yeah. or Endgame, but the fight scene in the last episode, Barry, is one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Because it's not like 
it's such a weird thing. And I think you can watch it on its own because there are no characters that have been established. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know what Barry's about, right? It's just this assassin who, like, wants to be an actor. Actor. Mm -hmm. But he basically has a hit that he has to do and it just goes completely wrong. Okay. And, like, he is going to kill this dude, but he slowly realizes that, like, he's, like, a master of Taekwondo. Yeah. And, like, it just goes off the rails. <laughs> like, there's, like, a feral child yeah. who, like, climbs houses. It's, it's just, like, a completely weird, bonkers, absurdist show. It's almost like, not show, but episode. It's almost like Atlanta. I think that it strikes that, mm-hmm. which what Atlanta does. And I think, because Hiro Murai, the, guy, the director of Atlanta, he directs a lot of those episodes. He didn't direct that episode. Bill Hader did. But I think he, he got some of those influences from him. Okay. But that was a great fucking episode. Um, you haven't seen it. Yeah, what we did in the shadows has been consistently funny, so yeah, I think that's it's definitely so something that's worth a watch for anyone who hasn't started it. Yeah, I mean, we reviewed it too. Yeah, it's still good, but yeah, I'm pretty much it for me. I haven't been doing much. Read my articles on LA Taco if you want. You're the f- you, I, I had two guests in a row from LA Taco. I know, I saw that. So, anyway, anything? No, anything else? signing off. All right. Peace. Rate us. Bye.